Hello and welcome to another Sustainable Wine podcast. My name is Toby Webb and today's podcast guest is Anne Carlson Mayer, who's the CEO of System Bolaget in Sweden, which I hope is a close enough pronunciation, Anne. Mm, that's great. As perfect as it can get, yeah. Well, thanks so much for joining us. Many in the wine industry will know the name of your organisation, even though it's hard for many of us to pronounce properly. But for those that don't, Anne, why don't you tell us a bit about your role at the organisation and then about the organisation itself and what you do in wine. And then we'll talk a bit more about sustainability generally. I am the CEO of Sustainability, as you just said, and I've been that since the beginning of this year, actually. So it's a quite short time. Corporate social responsibility has always been at the scene of what we do at Sustainbolaget. And that's one of the reasons why I chose to come here as well. I used to work as the CEO, more or less the same role in a state-owned company called Apoteket, which is the pharmacy chain in Sweden. I used to work there for 11 years. And before that, I used to work at Ica which is, uh, you probably know about it, IKEA is a big grocery chain in Sweden. I used to work there in several different parts of the organization for almost 15 years. If I go back to Systembolaget, I should say some things about who we are. This is a company where we have an important mission as a retailer monopoly. We are here to minimize alcohol-related problems by selling alcohol in a responsible way without maximizing margins. As we say, a society where alcohol can be enjoyed without harming oneself or others. That's the vision we work with. And this is a vision extending to both people and the planet throughout the applied chain, directly as well as indirectly. Sustainbolaget has also long-term commitment to drive positive change in the alcohol beverage industry environment, climate and human rights are on the agenda and has been for several years, I should say. It is urgent to cut our emission by half, no later than 2030. That's something that we work quite hard with right now. Being one of the world's largest buyers of wine, it is a big responsibility. We, as I say, and everyone here thinks, but also a big opportunity to drive sustainability in different aspects within the business. The consumers and our owners have very high confidence and expectation on Sustainbolaget, not only to limit our climate impact throughout our value chain, but also to secure good working conditions, as well as taking responsibility for the secondary impact from production. You've mentioned some of the issues that you're interested in having a positive impact on in wine. I wonder how that's changing now. I mean, you put out an annual report earlier this year, I think it was in June or in the summer, your latest report, which I commend all listeners because there's some excellent stuff in there. How does that represent a change in how you're trying to shift things around sustainability? We work with environment, people. We have like targets built around environment, people, society and business. And we have goals that we work with that should be achieved by 2023 and 2030. So they're a little bit different goals when it comes to the timeline. The goals are set based on the UN's global goals and applied to both Sustainbolaget's offering, like as the product assortment, of course, and the business operations we conduct. Some of our goals for 2030 is to significantly decrease the climate impact of our supply chain by targeting the following 
all beverage transport to and from Systembolaget are fossil free at that time. Cultivation and production take place with sustainable use of resources and with minimal emissions and discharges into the air, soil and water. Everyone who works in the supply chain behind the product we offer has good working conditions. These are very hard within this timeline. I guess a lot of companies have these targets up to about 2030 and then some really long-term aims. So I'm guessing you've a net positive or a net zero goal out there somewhere, either in 2030 or beyond that. The issues would be the same, all important, closely linked to and dependent on one another. That's the way we have to work all the time, you see. However, the climate is higher on the agenda now and for the coming years and further on. And we all need to accelerate the work we do to reduce climate impact since time is running out. As we see it, there is a point of no return. We have to cooperate together with suppliers and even the producers, the farmers, everyone along the supply chain to speed up the work, actually. For those who aren't familiar with how government-owned monopolies work, what sort of independence do you have? Are you at the whim of politicians or are you protected from a certain degree from short-term political trends? How does it work? We work close with our owners. We have certain goals which are very important when it comes to working hard and put effort on the climate and the sustainability targets. But when it comes to actually what to do, what to force and what goals to put down in the nearest, actually the the goals to put down, that's a question together with our board. What do we actually focus on? Why are we doing that? What do we think it has to cost and so on? That's a discussion between the management and the board. But when it comes again to how much independency we have, I should say the only way for us to reach further in the climate change and the sustainability area is to work very close with our stakeholders and our partners. As you know, you know probably about the supply chain. We have to go hand in hand with the suppliers. That's the only way to change, actually. And we also have to go hand in hand with our customers. It is important that our customers do believe in doing things in a more sustainable way and shop in a more sustainable way. And it is important that suppliers also, that we see the same thing and we go along, I should say. So independency, there are many ways of looking independency and partnership. As important, I should say, is the partnership that we have with the consumers and the suppliers. Uh, Your organisation is a founding member of the Sustainable Wine Roundtable. And and this podcast, Mm -hmm. as part of Sustainable Wine's output, is part of our kind of engagement. The the magazine of the Sustainable Wine Roundtable sits on sustainablewine.co.uk. And we're really keen to find out from members, particularly the leaders of our members, as to how they think the Sustainable Wine Roundtable can be of benefit to helping you achieve your mission. So what is it that we and other collaboration initiatives can do to help you improve your impact in wine? First of all, it is a very important collaboration we already have. I would state that. Working together in that way that we do, for example, in Sustainable Wine Table is crucial. If we should reach the goals for sustainable development, we have to do it together. And as we are in cooperation already with goal 17 of the global SDGs, Sustainable Development Goals. So together we can do more. 
easier at a quicker pace and at a lower cost by sharing tools, different tools, requirements and back practice. We have already started in a very good way by sharing best practice. And I think that's one of the most important things actually to go further. Our ambition and our ambition together with the Sustainable Roundtable is to work so far is a great example and fully supported at us and Systembolaget the way we have started this cooperation and collaboration. There's some very important areas where we collaborate. One that I really want to stress is that it's a unique chance to see consensus among a broad spectrum of important stakeholders from all over the wine world that helps us quite a lot to get into those discussions. Grape growers, wineries, retailers, certification schemes, academia, are among these also that we work together with. There is a high engagement and interest in sustainability in almost all regions, I should say, manifested by national and regional sustainability certifications. However, the diversity of different standards cause confusion. In the market, it's probably the biggest obstacle for efficient consumer guidance. Step-by-step harmonization among the existing standards and certification is probably the most effective way to strengthen the interest and effectiveness of sustainable certification. We have high expectation of being part of the Sustainable Wine Roundtable. Thank you for the challenge of high expectations. You know, you've been a, a really important catalyst for us to recruit others and to begin the work that we're doing. And certainly the proliferation of standards is a really big challenge which your colleagues have recognized and that's something we hope to make a contribution on we have a dream that if we could align retailers representing 50 million maybe 100 million consumers and we might even be halfway there now in terms of our membership we could send a really interesting positive message down the supply chain so in other forms of retail you know we often see retailers simply telling the supply chain traditionally here's what you need to do to sell for us to sell your products What we're hoping to do is to find a way to engage the whole supply chain in a way that makes financial sense for them as well. I think what we've learned in sustainability from other industries and in wine is it has to have that collaborative benefit rather than simply being required on the supply chain. So that's really where your involvement has been really helpful for us to begin trying to create that feeling in the wine industry. So thank you for your support. I noticed that your organisation has taken a big stance on, on human rights and social issues in wine. You, you worked with Oxfam on that very comprehensive report, I think it was last year, looking at labour standards in Italian wine. And of course, um, the issue with labour standards in agriculture is as soon as you start looking, you find things <laughs> that lead to more things and it can end up being very uncomfortable reading. But I think that was quite a brave um, and, and ambitious leadership stance to take. Do you feel that that area is neglected in favour of environmental issues by some of the wine approaches that you see out there? Yes, there's that. We need to take a stand just to get the questions up on the agendas, I should say. That's a yes for, for the beginning. But then again, first of all, we work for the consumer. We work close to the consumer. And as times are moving more and more consumers are actually putting a lot of stress into these questions. They need big retailers as us 
to do things and to help them making choices. And that's one of the reasons why we have to take a stand. We think that we can because we have such a big volume. We have so many partners. Every customer in Sweden is actually somebody that we work for. So, yes, we need to take a stand for all those reasons, I should say. Thinking about that as we apply it to environmental issues, I sometimes wonder if there's just too much doom and gloom around climate change and environmental issues. And of course, all the science is showing us just how serious they are. But I wonder if you agree with the idea that the way we should tackle them, particularly in business, is by really emphasising the business opportunities here to run a better organisation, to run a more resilient company, to have a more reliable supply chain or should we balance that with a moral science-based standpoint around these issues what do you think is the best framing to get people engaged and this is what business in the future is about if we do not take stands if we do not try to force our business in a sustainable way much more sustainable way i'm not sure we do have a business in the future It's a good question you ask me. How should you get people engaged? You have to work in so many different ways. One is to actually look what's happening around us and try to see the same thing. As we are working, as we do with all our partners, with consumer goods, that's something that over and over again are affecting nature, climate and everything. As you work with that goods areas, you do also have to take so much bigger responsibility than you did before for everything along the chain. You ask me a question and I can hear you, I do not answer it because I think it, it's a very complicated question in one way. Those who's running businesses, it doesn't matter how private it is or if it's like state-owned as mine in, everyone who wants to stay here in the future, being able to grow and be successful in the future, need to take a lot more stand to take responsibility, change business models. We do have to do that because otherwise we won't be able to run our business in 10, 15 years because the consumer, first of has chosen others. As you can see what's happening around us in our environment, it's not ethic anymore, not taking responsibility, not do what you have to do. That's why. So how should you engage? By collaborating, by being together at the same table, looking at the same data, trying to be creative, I should say. Think innovative and, okay, can we give the consumer as much pleasure in the future as we do today in a different way that doesn't leave footprints in the way it does now? Okay, can we collaborate? Can we decide that we share the challenges and trying to do a little piece each by each? That's my best way of asking of that very, very important question. Go back to the sustainable roundtable. That's why that is so important, because you have to sit around the same table to change things that it's not that easy to see exactly what you need to do. And then you have to cooperate. It's a slightly unfair question to ask you. So thank you for, for trying to answer it, because I think the answer is always it depends. It depends on the context. And from our point of view, what we're doing is we're sitting here saying, 
Well, how do we take low margin, high volume distributors and logistics folks in wine and make the right case for them to invest in sustainability change? And equally, how do we take a 100 hectare Chianti producer who's maybe selling you his or her wine for 10 euros a bottle or 15 euros a litre? And how do we make the right argument to them, considering all the pressures that they have around them? The answer is it depends on the context and who you're talking to. I do appreciate it's not an easy question to answer, but it's one we're wrestling with quite a lot as to what are the triggers to get people to move to the next level of change. Your engagement in that is obviously hugely valued. Let me ask you about consumers. I mean, everyone always wants to know about Swedish consumers for many reasons. If you study the history of the environmental movement, some studies cite it as dating back to 1950s, 1960s Sweden, where middle-class consumers had enough disposable income and leisure time to start thinking about environmental issues. And of course, you've had flight shaming and Greta Thunberg, and Sweden's very high up the agenda on people's interest on climate and consumers. What have you learned in your fairly short time so far as CEO about what your consumers want from you on sustainability issues? They want solution from us. If I should answer you very short, they want the solution. They want to know that when they use us, when they shop from us, when they take our advices, they know that we are taking care in a way that it's okay for them to buy, to shop at us. That's our easiest ways to explain. I can tell you that what is interesting it's very interesting at Systembolaget, but it's interesting in the whole retail area, I should say, is that if you go back five, ten years, hardly no one really asked for sustainable solutions. They can look for good products, absolutely, but not that we take the whole sustainability into account, I should say. No one asked for that, or not as much but if you look at what we can see now, when we meet the consumer, when we follow the consumer's thoughts and what they ask for, we find that this is one of the most fastest growing areas where they ask us about what are we doing? What is the packaging? What's the way of running the stores and so on? So today, I should say the consumer asked us quite a lot, but they want us to make the solution for them. Then They want us to lead the way, I should say. And then they, it should be easy for them to continue to shop at our company. Consumer interests are a very important factor to take into account in our quest towards a sustainable supply chain. They are very, very heavy value, of course, but also forced to drive the development of sustainable products. Having said that, we are, as responsible retailers, uh, cannot completely rely on the consumers to take responsibility for the sustainability work in the supply chain. Because if we ask them, that's one of the questions you had had before, if we just continue asking them, they want us to do a little bit more of what they already see in the stores. We have to do more. And that's one of the reasons that we cannot just ask the consumer and continue to do what they ask for. We have to go further. We have to do more. And then trying to help our consumer, our customers to see why this is good for them. It's not just good for the climate, it's good for them, but that is also some a way to help them being part of taking care of the sustainability agenda or the climate agenda. To me, this is a very important part of running business, which is consumer businesses. 
is that we should continuously ask the customers what they want and how they judge what we do. Absolutely. But we also have to go further. We have to have integrity, I should say, and a compass to go further and do more than being asked for. Just to make sure that we are doing what the consumer will ask us for in five years. That's what we have to think about already now. Yes, it's a very complicated area, isn't it? If you go too far, too fast, you don't take them with you. But if you go too slowly, it's incrementalism in the face of a climate crisis. And of course, you have commercial considerations. I remember standing with some of your colleagues in your flagship store in Stockholm about a month ago. And we had a really interesting conversation where there was two, I think they were rosé wines. And there was a better wine that was cheaper in alternative packaging and a wine that wasn't as good and more expensive in glass, the glass was selling better than the alternative packaging. And that really kind of summed up the challenge. The better wine was in the more sustainable packaging, but the consumer looked at this rather lovely glass bottle and decided, well, that's the wine I want. I'm not going to ask you to solve that conundrum right here, right now, Anne, but that exemplified the challenge we have in retail with alternative packaging. I should say we are also responsible for taking the consumer with us. You buy things also with your image. You know, you buy things because of the image of the packages, the beliefs you have about the product. It's not just what's in it 100%. There's so much more things around why you buy it and why you want it to look like it does. So the easiest way should be to just change all packages at one time and then force them on you as a consumer and say, this is best for everyone. It's the same taste because that's something that we have to take responsibility for together with our suppliers of course but that's as important to me as it is for our suppliers that it's the good product it should continue being a good product it should taste as good as it can you see but then when we know it does even though we change packages then we also have to understand that it is an image around the product so we have to sort of help the customer trying to you know give a little bit more information show them the difference That's a very important part of being a retailer, I should say, like helping the customer to see. Yes. What was really interesting, I think it was your colleague Ulf who who took me around and some others who took me around your stores. And and I was saying to them, well, well, maybe we can learn something here from beer marketing because, you know, there's all this funky alternative to glass beer packaging. And one of your colleagues said to me, actually, beer is a very individual choice, whereas wine is more of a social choice. And you have to think very carefully before you apply one set of thinking to another. Nevertheless, I did see in your stores, I saw some beautiful alternative packaging. I also saw some horrible alternative packaging for wine. While I was there, that's not your fault, right? That's the choice of the producer to put it in that packaging. But I did wonder, because we can mandate standards and say, wine under 15 euros a litre is not going in glass anymore. Maybe that's going to happen, maybe not. But in the meantime, because we're not there yet, shouldn't we be having competitions for beautiful packaging or procurement standards for beautiful packaging? Because some of what I saw in your store was amazing. And some of it looked like it came from the 1970s or should have milk in it or something. And I just wonder what kind of conversations you guys have and whether any research of yours shows you whether more beautiful alternative packaging sells more wine. What what do you think? I think that's something you should do. Right now, I should be honest to say, I'd don't know how much of your suggestion is going on. I don't know that. 
But what I know is that when we have our all our collaboration with our suppliers, one of the most important things is to discuss the packages for the future. So I wish I could answer you. I know this is really ongoing in some part of our collaboration. I do not know. But I think what you are saying is very interesting and inspiring. Because what I think we need to do, we have to both take responsibility very much and go a little bit further. Yes, we have to do that. But then again, we have to engage. We have to engage everyone. And that is the consumer. And that is the farmers. If, if you start in the beginning of our chain, we have to sort of share the same why. Maybe everyone has the same why, to be honest. Everyone knows we need to do a lot of things faster than we've done before. I think everyone knows that. But then again, we have to try to find these a little bit more attracting ways of doing it that's what you're into and i like it i don't know how much of these kind of work that is going on right now if i can help in one way i should try to do that i think it has to be nice and good very much agree and it's really difficult in the sense that glass is beautiful packaging a wine bottle is often a beautiful object whereas alternative packaging <laughs> is almost always not as beautiful. <laughs> so therefore, you know, how do we do it? Uh, it's a real challenge. But I was really inspired, actually, by some of what I saw on your shelf. Some of it was really, really good. And, you know, there was some really clever design aspects, you know, a picture of a bottle of wine on the side of a really good-looking bag and box, some really interesting ways. So I think we're making yeah. progress as an industry. As what you say is true, we're talking about beautiful product and packaging and so on. And I agree what you say. And then I say again, but we have, it's an urgent time. We have to do a lot more than we've done before. If we should be able to look ourselves in the mirror in the future, I should say, and look at our grandchildren and say, we did what we could do. That's why we cannot just think about what we think is the most beautiful thing right now and just go for that. That's not responsibility to me. That's not the way you can drive business in the future. And then, as we're trying to be as close to the consumer as we can, we're also seeing different trends between ages. So when you look at people in my age, 50 plus, there are some sorts of packaging and, you know, way of looking that we like. We are raised that way, I should say, sometimes. That's the way in our life, the way we've seen that this is a beautiful package and that's why we should use it. But if you then go and talk to my kids, who's a little bit more than 20, you know, between 20 and 25, they don't think glass bottles is the most beautiful thing in the world. They buy almost everything in cans because that's where they started. When I was a kid, I bought a little bit of soda in a glass bottle, and that was my big thing on Saturday night, you know? If I look at my kids, they started drinking in a can when they were very, very young. So when they now grow up and they look at beautiful packages, that might not be glass at all. Maybe. They look at other things. It's important, to me, it's important that we do not just stick and look at what middle ages say. Because if you talk to the younger, who's more or less even more engaged, I should say, in what we're doing with the climate, 
when you ask them, they don't think beauty is the same thing as we do. We can change the way of looking at beauty also. Right now we're talking about packages like glass bottles and cans. But I mean what I say, it doesn't have to be exactly stable the way we think things are good or not, beautiful or not. Well, there are lots of cultural factors, aren't there, that govern how products are seen. And you're absolutely right. There are some really good looking aluminium cans out there. And of course, if we're talking about reduction of volume, they're much better for control of intake on an individual package versus a bottle. There's all sorts of factors that govern it. It's great that you've joined us on this long-term journey at the Sustainable Wine Roundtable to others. And I just wanted to finish off, Anne, for those listening, what would be a, perhaps a final comment from you about why they should get involved with the Roundtable or, or get involved more in sustainability? Do you have a final message for the listeners before we let you get back to work? First of all, if I should speak to the members around the Sustainable Wine Table, I should say collaboration is everything. It's very important to us and to all of us in the chain that we continue to cooperate, collaborate, to find innovations together, to see and understand each other's part and trying to do new things together. That's very, very important to me. If we should be able to change as quick as we have to, we have to go into partnership in a much deeper way than we've done before. So partnership is everything. That's the way also to look at new business models. You cannot do it yourself as much as you can when you go into partnership. So that's important. It's also a great way to think innovative. You need other people's way of looking at things to be innovative, I should say. So there are different reasons why it's so important with partnerships. Actually, one of the reasons why I was happy you asked me to come here, even though I'm as new a CEO as I am, I think this is one of the most important things we have, our partnerships. That's one of the things I want to say. And then again, we have to take stand for a better future. If we are businessmen and women, if we run big companies, if we work with many people, and if we also work with consumption in one way or the other, we can make changes and we can put very, very hairy goals, so to say, in the future, even though we do not know exactly how to get there. We can do it and we have to do it. And we are going to do it. <laughs> and we want to do it together with our partner because that's the only way to change the climate crisis that we're in. Well, thank you so much. Anne Carlson Mayer, CEO of System Bologet. Thank you so much for your time today. Listeners, if you've enjoyed this podcast, you'll find many more on the Sustainable Wine website or search in your favourite podcast app if you're not there already. And we're looking forward to updating all of you with the work of the Sustainable Wine Roundtable and our founding members and our newer members who are joining us every day in the near future. So Anne, once again, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you.